All right. Hey, everybody. Thank you all so much for coming. This is Will AI End Everything? A Guide to Guessing um, by uh, Katya Grace. Katya co-founded AI Impacts, where she's the lead researcher. She has been trying to effectively make the world better since a time when this mostly meant selling minor household services and rocks that she found to her younger brothers for coins. This was originally for the purpose of relieving global poverty, but she decided sustainability and human survival was more important, then later moved into being confused about AI risk, where she's been for about nine years. She co-started AI Impacts because she wanted to figure out what would happen with AI and make her working out useful to others. She co-wrote purportedly the 16th most discussed paper in the world in 2017 about a big survey of ML researchers. She blogs at worldspiritsockpuppet.com. Katya's talk is probably going to be too long for a QA. and a You can still submit questions on the Swap Card app, but just for fun, I guess. Um, There might be time for one or two questions at the end. We'll see. Thank you so much for coming, Katya. I'll hand over the floor to you. Hello. It's good to be here Um, in Oakland. The first time I came to Oakland was uh, in 2008. It was my first day in America. And I met Anna Salomon, who was a stranger and uh, who had kindly agreed to look after me for a couple of days. And she thought that I should stop what I was doing and work on AI risk, uh, which she explained to me. And I wasn't convinced. And I said I'd think about it. Um, And I've been thinking about it. And I'm not always that good at finishing things quickly, but I wanted to give you an update on my thoughts. (laughs) Before we get into it, I want to say two things about what we're talking about. I think there are two things in this vicinity that people are often talking about. One of them is whether artificial intelligence is going to uh, literally murder all of the humans. And the other one is whether the long-term future, which seems like it could be pretty great in lots of ways, whether humans will get to uh, bring about the great things that they hope for there, or whether artificial intelligence will take control of it and uh, we won't get to do those things. I'm mostly interested in the latter, but if you're interested in the former, I think they're pretty closely related to one another, so um, hopefully they'll also be useful things. The second thing I want to say is often people think uh, AI risk is a pretty abstract topic, Um, And I just wanted to note that abstraction is a thing about your mind, not the world. When things happen in the world, they're very concrete and specific. And saying that AI risk is abstract is kind of like saying World War II is abstract because it's like 1935 and it hasn't happened yet. Uh, If it happens, it will be very concrete and bad. It will be the worst thing that's ever happened. The rest of the talk is going to be pretty abstract, but I just wanted to note that. So this is uh, a picture, you shouldn't uh, worry about reading all the details of it, but it's just a picture of what uh, the the landscape of guessing this as I see it. Um, There are a bunch of different scenarios that could happen where AI destroys the future, um, and there's a bunch of evidence for those different things happening. Um, And you can come up with your own guess about it, and then there are a bunch of other people who have also come up with guesses. I think it's pretty good to come up with your own guess uh, before or at some point, uh, separate to mixing it up with everyone else's guesses. I think there are three reasons that's good. Um, One of them is I think it's just helpful for the whole community if 
you know, numerous people have thought through these things. I think it's easy to end up having kind of information cascade situation where a lot of people are deferring to other people. Um, secondly, I think if you want to think about any of these AI risk type things, it's just much easier to be motivated about a problem if you really understand why it's a problem uh, and therefore sort of really believe in it. And thirdly, I think it's, it's easier to find things to do about a problem if you understand exactly why it's a problem. Um, so today, I'm just going to talk about the stuff in the thought bubble here, uh, not what does anyone else think about this and how to mix it together. I'm encouraging you to come up with your own guess, um, but I'm not even going to co cover most of the stuff in this thought bubble. I'm just going to focus on one scenario, which is bad AI, bad AI agents control the future. Uh, and I'm going to focus on one particular argument for this, which is uh, here involves um, bad AI agents taking over the future, uh, which I think is the main argument uh, that causes people to have very high probabilities on doom. So I think it's doing a lot of the work in uh, the thinking people have about this. Um, but if you wanted to come up with an overall guess, I think you should also think about these other things some. I think that the very basic argument in outline is, one, at some point, there's going to be very smart AI. Two, if there's very smart AI, it's probably going to have goals, a lot of it, uh, in the sense that there are things in the world that it will want to happen, and it will push toward those things happening. Um, three, if it has goals, those goals will be bad in the sense that if, if it succeeds at its goals, we won't like what happened in the long term. Uh, and four, if, if all those things come to pass, if, the, if there is smart AI with goals and the goals are bad, then the future will be bad. Um, I think at this level of abstraction, at uh, high level, it doesn't really seem to work. I don't think four is true. Um, you, know, you could have some amount of AI which is smart and has goals and they're bad, and you know, maybe the whole world together could uh, still win out. Um, so I want to make a more complicated and quantitative argument about this. Uh, before we do that, I want to sort of step back and talk about just like what is special about AI at all? Um, why, why might this be you know, the thing that ends the world? Um, I think there are two interesting things about AI, but before I even get to them, what's going on in the world in general seems like one thing is lots of thinking. Uh, like every year, maybe like eight billion years of thinking, give or take. And when I say thinking, I mean a fairly broad set of things. For instance, like you're deciding where to put your foot on the floor, you like see where the floor is and like exactly how gravity is acting on you and stuff like that, and slightly adjusted as you walk, that sort of mental processing that I'm counting as thinking. Um, an important thing about thinking is that it's often helping you achieve some goal or another. Like maybe it's helping you walk across the floor, maybe it's helping you, like you're thinking about what to write in an email, it's helping you get whatever you wanted from that email. Um, so thinking is kind of like a resource, um, like gasoline, you, you have a stock of it, like I, I, you know, in the next year I'm going to get to think about things for a year, it could be all kinds of different things. Um, but at the end of the year, there will be some specific goals that I tried to forward with this thinking, and maybe I'll be closer to them. So um, one, one thing that is going to be different is just huge amounts more thinking, just like the industrial production of thinking. Um, and the sort of useful thinking that we're putting toward things I'm going to call cognitive labor. So much more of it. Um, and Another part of that is it might just be distributed differently. At the moment, it's somewhat equal between people. Uh, 
each person sort of gets an allotment of it with their head, which they can use for whatever they value. Um, and often they sell some of it, but usually they don't sell all of it. Uh, and so they can still sort of forward their own interests. With this new big sort of ocean of thinking that could get produced, uh, it's sort of unclear how it will be distributed. Maybe it will be very unequal. Maybe it will go to people with bad goals. Um, so that's kind of potentially disturbing to begin with. But a second thing that, is, that could go on is uh, AI might bring about more agents in the process. Uh, and they might also just have different values to humans uh, because sort of in the process of making AI systems, they might be kind of agentic. Uh, when I say agents here, I mean like they're, they're the things controlling how the uh, cognitive labor is spent. Like they have values and they'll try and use it to get something. Um, so I think each of these things on its own would be uh, potentially disruptive to the world. Um, having a whole bunch more of a resource appear can be disruptive. Uh, and having like a bunch of new sort of people who are perhaps bad seems potentially disruptive. But I think the two things happening together is where things get very scary, potentially, because um, you know, if, if the new distribution of cognitive labor is such that it mostly lands in the hands of bad agents, then you know, things could be very bad. Um, all right, so with these uh, concepts in mind, let's go back to the uh, argument we are trying to make. Here's a more complicated version of it, uh, somewhat quantified. We're going to try and ask how much cognitive labor will be working toward the bad futures versus good futures. Um, so first we're going to ask, well, how much new cognitive labor will there be? And we're going to ask how much of it uh, will be captured by these new AI agents. And we're going to ask, and then of their, of their goals, um, you know, how often are they going to be involve bad futures, which might be that they just want the future to be bad in the long term, according to us. Uh, or it might just be that they want all of the resources for some other thing, um, such that we don't get to use them for whatever we wanted in the future. Uh, and then we need to compare that to, to what fraction of the cognitive labor actually goes to good futures, which probably isn't all of the cognitive labor under human control. It seems like we work towards all kinds of things happening. Um, then at the end, I'll consider, you know, if if we're in a situation where there is more going toward bad than good, does that mean that we're doomed, or what other complications might come into this? Um, so, how much new cognitive labor? Um, I think uh, you don't need to look at this diagram in much detail, but basically the idea is um, there's going to be a lot of new cognitive labor potentially, like probably much more than human labor, uh, cognitive labor at, at some point. Um, so I'm just going to basically ignore this, and uh, we'll just talk about that ocean of new cognitive labor, not how big it is compared to the existing tiny pool of cognitive labor. Um, so two, how much of the cognitive labor is controlled by new AI agents? Um, I think we can break this down into, well, how likely is an AI system to be an agent? So then that will be kind of like what fraction of the um, cognitive labor is in agents? And then of the... Uh, cognitive labor that's going to agents, 
what fraction of it do those agents get to use for their own goals? Um, like if, if they have some sort of long-term nefarious purposes they're working toward, they probably can't put all of their effort into that because they have to like Google stuff for you or whatever. Like they were produced for some reason. And if it's in a sort of competitive situation, maybe they won't keep on being used if they're not doing the stuff that humans wanted them to do. So they have to use at least some cognitive labor for that potentially. Um, then thirdly, uh, for the, for the non-agentic AI cognitive labor, um, how much of that will get controlled by the AI system somehow? That seems like it could be controlled by the uh, human agents or the AI agents. So There's a question of how it gets split up. Um, so now we're going to go into detail on these. How likely is a system to be an agent? Um, there are a whole bunch of considerations here. I'm not sure I'll go into all of them. I think uh, a particularly big one is just economic forces to create agents. Agents, uh, the alternative to agents is something like a tool that is not trying to do anything in the world, but you can use it to do something that you wanted, like a sort of souped up calculator or something, or Google Maps as a tool. Um, I guess we hope that things like uh, ChatGPT are tools at this point. Um, it's often useful to have a thing that is an agent, because if you can convey to it the goal that you would like it to have, then it can just go out and do that thing instead of you having to do that. Um, this is often a value add with uh, employing humans to do things. So pretty plausibly, people want to pay for that in AIs. Um, but I think there's, uh, there's a force. Yeah, I guess I think it seems good to think of agency as something like a spectrum. Um, the most extreme levels of agency uh, would look like for every action you take, you can sort of see the whole uh, distribution of possible futures that happen as a result, and you can evaluate all of them perfectly, and then you can take the action that leads to the highest uh, expected utility. Um, that seems pretty infeasible for, you know, if you're not God. Um, so probably that, we're not going to end up that close to that. Uh, rocks are very non-agentic. Humans are sort of somewhere in the middle um, where they, often seem like they have goals to some extent, but it's not, not that clear or not that consistent. Um, it seems like if a thing is kind of about as agentic as a human, I don't know, I would start being worried about it. Um, probably a spectrum is far too simple a, thing, a way of thinking of this. Probably it's more complicated, but uh, I think uh, economic forces probably push more toward the middle of the spectrum, not like the, the very extremal end. Uh, for the reason that you know, often if you, suppose you're employing someone, like suppose you're employing someone to plan your wedding, uh, you'd probably like them to stick to the you know, wedding planning and like you know, choose flowers and like music and stuff like that and not you know, try to fix any problems in your family at the moment so that the seating arrangement can be better. Um, just like understand what the role is and only do that. Um, maybe it would be better if they were known to be very good at this. Um, so, you know, things will be different in the future. But it, it seems to me economic forces push for, away from zero agency, but also away from very high agency. Um, next consideration, spontaneous emergence. Uh, here's how uh, machine learning systems work. We don't know. Uh, we, <laughs> we do know how to make them. Um, 
sometimes, which is you, you get a kind of random neural network, uh, and you ask it to do a thing for you. Like You're like, recognize this. Is it a cat? And it's like, no. And you're like, it was a cat. All right. And then you, you change every little uh, you know, weighting in it, so it's more likely to give the answer you want. And then you just keep doing that again and again until it you know, does recognize the cat. Um, but you don't really know what's happening inside it at all. You just know that you searched around until you found some software that did the thing. Um, and so you don't know whether that software is an agent. And I, you know, there's a question of how likely is software to be an agent. Um, there's also a question of how useful agents are. It seems like if they're pretty useful, you could imagine that you often, if trying to do something efficiently, end up with uh, things that are agents or where some part of them is an agent. Um, I think that's a pretty open question, uh, to my knowledge, but could happen. Um, relatedly, there are these coherence arguments, um, but actually I'm not going to go into that after repeated feedback that I've not explained it well enough. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, another consideration is that you, you know, at the moment we try to get AI to do human-like things, often by just copying humans. Um, humans are you know, at least somewhat agentic, as we've noted. So uh, AI, which copies humans, can also be somewhat agentic. It seems like the being chat does threaten people, so that seems a bit like it's trying to achieve goals. Hopefully it's not, but uh, you can imagine if you copy humans pretty well, you get that sort of thing for free. Um, in general, uh, being an agent is kind of more efficient than less being an agent, because you're not sort of just treading on your own toes all the time by being inconsistent. So that seems like probably some pressure toward just like agents effectively having more cognitive labor to spend on things, because um, they're not wasting it all the time. Uh, so you might just expect, if, you know, if at some point in time there are some fraction of agents, that over time things might become more agentic as those things kind of win out and take control. Um, I, I think for some people that's like a very big consideration. Uh, pushing toward, like, in the longer term, it just being entirely very agentic agents. I think in, in some, I, I know, I find all of these things kind of ambiguous. I think the economic forces one is pretty good, but it doesn't push toward, like, all systems being agents, just sort of at least some of them. And it, as I said, doesn't push all the way there. Um, and I'm less sure what to make of these other ones. Um, so I end up somewhere kind of middling. Um, I'm going to uh, not actually go into these ones very much. How much of, uh, if there's an agent system, how much of its own cognition does it get to control? I can imagine this being like pretty high, for instance, if it's uh, you know, not in a kind of um, economic situation where it's competing with other systems to be used, uh, or being like very low if, if things are very competitive. I'm going to go with like 50% as a guess right now and move on. Uh, uh, 2C, how much non-agentic AI cognitive labor will be controlled by AI systems. So this is like, for all of the tool AIs, um, you know, how, much of, how much of that cognitive labor will the agent AIs manage to get control of um, across a whole range of scenarios? I'm also not going to go into that uh, in very much detail at the moment. In fact, no more detail. I'm going to guess 20% and move on. Uh, but these are things you could um, think more about if you wanted to come up with a better guess. All right, then what fraction of AI goals are bad? That, that was like 
you know, what fraction of uh, systems are agents? Okay, are they are they bad? They're, uh, I think some people think very high fraction of AI goals are bad. Uh, I think the argument for them being bad is roughly it's very hard to find good goals for an AI. Um, it's easy to find goals that are bad yet appealing. And the reason that's important to have here is, well, otherwise you might think if we can't find good goals, we just won't make AI systems with goals, um, you know, except maybe by accident. But uh, it seems like it's, it's easy to want to make them anyway. Um, and then somewhat separately, even if we did know how to give, or even if we did know which goals we would like an AI system to have, uh, it seems quite hard to give AI systems goals anyway, to our knowledge. So good to go into detail on these. Um, why is it hard to find good goals? Uh, one issue is that, um, or it is claimed that most goals are in conflict because uh, all goals, or yeah, to some extent, all goals would benefit from having all of the resources. So if you imagine that uh, Alice and Bob are going to have a party, and Alice just really wants the party to have a lot of cupcakes, as many as possible, and Bob just really wants it to have really good music, you might think, ah, oh, their goals are you know, consistent with one another. You can imagine a party that just has both of these things, and it would be amazing for both of them. Um, but if they only have like $200 to spend on the party, then their interests are very much in conflict because Alice would like to spend all of that money on cupcakes and Bob would like to spend all of it on you know, hiring someone to play music. So I think there's a question here of like how many goals are really in conflict in this way because lots of goals kind of don't really ask for all of the resources in the universe. Um, so sort of a question of, of the goals that AI systems might end up with, um, how many end up in conflict. But there is a sort of theoretical reason to expect other utility maximizers to want to take your resources if they can, um, which wouldn't be that much of a problem if they had reasonably good goals. Like Alice might be fine with Bob taking all of the money if she also likes music quite a lot, but not as much as cupcakes. Um, but a separate problem is that uh, maybe the the values themselves are just you know, not what we want at all. Um, so one argument given for this is just that value space is very large. There are just a whole lot of ways you could want the universe to be. Um, so if someone has different values from you, probably they're bad. I think this is a pretty bad argument. Um, I think you could also say like the, the space of configurations of metal is very large. So what are the chances that one of them would be a car? But I think we managed to find cars in the space of metal configurations. Uh, so I think like intuitively how big the space seems is, is not that relevant. In many big spaces, we just like have a, have a way of getting to the thing that we want. Um, another kind of argument that is made is just va value is fragile, which is kind of the thought that uh, I know, if, you're, if the thing you value is sort of here, if you move very, very slightly away from it, uh, how much you value just like goes down very quickly. Um, I think the, the thought experiment suggesting this, originally proposed by Elias Yudkowsky, is something like, um, you know, if someone's writing down human values and they missed out boredom, uh, you might end up with a world that is extremely boring, even though it was good on lots of other fronts. Maybe it would, that would be quite bad. Um, this seems to be like not the kind of error that you make with like modern machine learning at least. 
Um, it seems similar to saying like, well, if you, if you wrote down what a human face looks like and you just missed out the nose, then it would look very wrong. But I think that like, this kind of like set a high level feature to zero type error doesn't seem like the kind of um, mistake that's made. For instance, like here's a, um, here's a human face made by AI, and I think it just looks very accurate. It's like much better than a face I could draw if I was trying to draw a human face. I guess intuitively, similarly, it seems to me that if uh, AI tried to learn my values, maybe it would learn them much more uh, correctly than you know I could write them down or even recognize them. Um, so I guess it's, it's pretty unclear to me that the, the level of detail needed to get close enough to human values is like not available to AI systems. Um, I think the, uh, uh, there's sort of various counter arguments to this that I'm not going to go into along the lines of, well, this face is not a maximally human face-like face, according to AI systems. Uh, if you ask for that, you'll get something more horrifying. Um, this other picture is uh, illustrating the thought that it seems not clear what my values are specifically. As I said, they're probably not very coherent. So it seems like if I sat down forever and figured out what they are, there's kind of like a, a small cloud of different things they could be. Um, and it, it might not be clear that there's a real answer to what they are at the moment. Um, and there are a bunch of other humans. Uh, you probably have different values to me, very slightly at least. Like we're all just sort of physical systems, um, learned human values uh, somehow. And so I think. I think of sort of human society as like a bunch of these different little overlapping clouds. So I think human values, it seems unlikely, are like one point. And so if AI systems can learn something like human values, but inaccurately, there's sort of intuitively some distance from the true answer that they are. Uh, but also, like, probably we're okay with things being some distance from the true answer because to start with, there isn't really a true answer for me, say, and then I, I feel like if another human got to decide what happened with the long-run future, pretty plausibly, I quite like it. Uh, so I think this is kind of evidence against value being very fragile. Um, some different uh, thoughts in that maybe, maybe it's not so hard to find good goals direction. Um, Seems like short-term goals are not very alarming in general, and a lot of goals are relatively short-term. I think in practice, when I have goals, often I don't try to take over the world in order to get them. Like um, I'd like a green card. Doesn't seem like actually for yeah for none for none of the things I try to get do I try to get take over the world in the process. You might think this is because I'm not like smart and strategic enough. I think that's not true. I think if I was more smart and strategic, I would actually just find an even more efficient route to get a green card than taking over the world, uh, or even than, than now. I don't think it would get more world taking over. Um, uh, a counter argument to that counter argument is, well, there are selection effects, though. So if if some creatures have kind of short-term goals and some have long-term goals, probably if we come back in 50 years, all of the ones with long-term goals are still around accruing resources and stuff. Um, so yeah, we should worry about that. Um, uh, there's this other, a, a different thought is, well, why would you expect uh, AI systems to learn the world really well, uh, well enough to do stuff, but be so bad at 
learning human values exactly. Uh, I'm not going to go into that in detail. Uh, I think uh, there's been some thinking about this under the heading sharp left turn that you can look into if you want to. Um, sorry. Yeah. So I guess overall, overall, with how hard is it to find good goals, I think um, pretty unclear to me. Could be not that hard. Pretty broad distribution. Um, why is it easy to find appealing bad goals? Um, I think one issue is you know just lots of things have externalities. It, I think it's not that hard to think of um, AI systems that would be like immediately profitable to build, but if you don't really know what they're going to do in the long term, and they might have um, you know their own values that they want to pursue in the world, and that might be bad. Uh, that's you know that badness is not going to accrue to the person deciding to put them into the world unless it's very fast, which it might not be. So, um, yeah. Then I think also it, it's just sort of easy to make errors on this. Um, like, people have very different views about how dangerous such things are. Probably many of them are in error in one direction or the other. Uh, why can't we give AI systems goals? If we, if we have some goals that we want to give them, why is it hard to give them those goals? Um, one thing is we just don't have a known procedure for it, so that's sort of a red flag. But um, I think there, there are sort of theoretical reasons to think it would be hard. Uh, one of them is just, you know, if you, if you have a finite amount of uh, training data, you know, maybe you can, you can make the system do pretty well in the distribution you're showing it, but if it's in some new distribution, there's a lot of different values that it could have that cause it to behave in the way that you've seen. So it's, Without really understanding what happens inside the system, it's hard to know if it's uh, what you wanted. Um, and then there's this issue of uh, deceptive alignment, where uh, the thought there is if you, if you made the system and you don't know what it is, uh, you don't know what it values, maybe you know that you've, you, you think you've made something that's like an agent, but there's sort of two different kinds of agents you might have made that do the thing you want. One of them really values the thing you want, like, you know, it really values correctly identifying cats. Uh, but the other kind of system is one that understands the world well enough to realize that, that's, that you're going to keep running it if it does the thing that you want. Um, and maybe it wants to keep being run for whatever reason. At, at that point, it can sort of have any other values as long as they make it want to continue existing and being run. Uh, and so if you keep on training it, it uh, will continue to be good at understanding that it's in that situation, but its, its values could kind of drift around and be anything. So then when you put it out in the world, who knows what it does, it's thought. I think, um, to me, that seems like a pretty important argument that I don't understand very well. I think if I'm going to think more about this, that's a place I would look at. I guess you know, I would look at many of these places more, but that's a particularly important one. Um, So I guess, yeah, overall, it seems um, pretty unclear how it is to find good goals. I think it's definitely easy to find bad yet appealing goals. And uh, it seems, I don't know, I guess on the can we give AI systems goals anyway, a sort of counter argument to all of that is, well, maybe we can understand what's going on inside them uh, enough to figure out broadly you know, whether they're uh, tricking us or something else. So I think, I don't know, I, I don't think that's that hopeless, but it does seem tricky at this point. Um, 
So putting these things together, uh, here's a picture of some guesses that I have about things. Uh, but you know, to be clear, these are numbers that I just sort of made up. I said like, you know, 28% agentic systems, 72% uh, non-agentic systems, and then, you know, uh, maybe half of the agentic, half of the effort that agentic systems are putting into things do they get to control for their own things, and maybe half of them are bad. Uh, and then I imagine they sort of, that agentic AI systems control less of the non-agentic, oh, sorry, non-agentic yeah, non cognitive labor. Um, all of this gets you, in the end, 14% uh, share of uh, cognitive labor to bad goals. But this, this isn't that helpful, because we want to know, like, in how many worlds is it more, um, more cognitive labor going to bad goals than to good goals? Um, and this is sort of just like all flattened down together. So I guess after making these slides, uh, I made a better model of the distribution of these different things. Um, and I think. Uh, overall, it came out as like 27% of worlds get uh, more uh, cognitive labor going to bad things than good things on, on my made-up numbers, um, which includes also making up something for step four here, which we didn't go into, which is what part of all of this goes to good futures. I think uh, you know, humans put their cognitive labor into lots of different things. It's sort of hard to say what fraction of them are good futures, so I made something up. But I think um, even if in a particular world more cognitive labor is going to bad things than good things, there's still a question of does that mean we're doomed? This is an extremely simplified model. Um, I think there are, there are sort of two main considerations here where uh, things might differ a lot from that. One is there is a lot of different bad goals. So if, um, you know, if mostly people trying to make the future go well are pushing for one particular kind of future, and then there are many more people pushing for, or many more agents of some sort pushing for all kinds of different bad things, uh, they are probably acting in conflict with one another and can't necessarily do as well. That seems like it probably makes a difference. Um, secondly, there is a lot of other resources than cognitive labor. Like, you know, it's nice to be able to own stuff. You know, it's, if AI systems can't own money or like earn money for their labor, if like humans own them and whenever the AI system does something useful, the human gets resources, then it's sort of less clear that smart AI systems accrue power over time in a more sort of markety situation at least. Um, so those are things that cause me to like, I think both of those adjust the probability of doom downward. Um, you probably want to say like, I don't know, something like 18% if I'm going to make up a number at this point. Um, then we have various considerations affecting this whole argument. You might have noticed that it was pretty vague uh, and you know, unclear in a lot of places um, and you know, also just not very well tested and thought about by lots of people or anything. Uh, I think it probably commits the uh, so-called multiple stage fallacy of reasoning by multiplying different things together. Uh, my guess is this is fine, but um, yeah, I think there's a fair amount of disagreement on that. 
I think there are probably pretty big biases in the collection of arguments. Like I think the arguments for these things that you see around were probably collected by people who are more motivated to um, sort of explain why AI is risky than to like really check that maybe uh, you know maybe it's not risky. Um, I think I'm probably biased in the other direction. I'd probably rather get to decide that it's fine. Um, I, th I think the thing that was raised by a few people talking about this is like, all right, there, there are a bunch of these scenarios where you know, maybe there aren't that many really bad AI systems trying to take over the world, um, but there are like some, and they're pretty agentic. Does that sound existentially safe, uh, or does it just seem like things are going to go badly some other day soon? Um, I think that's a reasonable concern, but uh, I don't know. I think most of the time things don't really seem existentially safe. Like, I think saying it's an X risk unless you can tell a story for how we're definitely going to be okay forever is probably too high a bar. I probably want to f just focus on situations that really seem like we're going to die soon or get, get everything taken from us soon. Um, so I think, uh, I don't know. Yeah, overall, I, don't know, I, I sort of end up um, maybe, yeah, I don't know that many of these change my number that much. So, this was all in the category of argument from competent bad AI agents, which is affecting this like one scenario of bad AI controls the future. If you want to come up with an overall guess on this, um, you'd want to think about like other arguments and different scenarios and so on. And if you wanted to actually act on this, I think you would probably want to listen to what other people are saying as well and combine these things. Um, I think my hope with sharing this with you is not so much that you will uh, believe this argument or think it is good um, or take away my number, but uh, that you sort of see the details of coming to some sort of guess about this and think, oh, that seems wrong in ways. I could, uh, I could probably do better there or, you know, this thing could be built on more, or just like come up with your own entirely different um, way of thinking through it. I think in conclusion, um, this morning when I could think more clearly because I wasn't standing on a stage, I thought the overall probability of doom was 19% uh, in some, um, but I don't think you should uh, listen to that very much because I might change it tomorrow or something. Um, I think an important thing to note with, with many of the things in these arguments is that they could actually be changed by us doing different things. Like, if, if we put more effort into figuring out what's going on inside AI systems, that would actually change the how likely is it that we uh, you know, can't make AI systems do the things we want parameter. Um, I hope that, yeah, I hope it seemed like there was a lot of space for improvement in this overall argument. Um, I think. Uh, I'd, I'd really just like to see more people thinking through these things on the object level and not deferring to other people so much. Um, and so I hope this is encouraging for that. Thank you. All right, thank you so much, Katya. Katya does not have formal office hours, but she has said that after four, she will be up on the terrace, which is on the fourth floor. That elevator will not take you to the fourth floor. Only that elevator will take you to the fourth floor. You can meet her outside and ask questions about her work or just talk about AI probabilities. Thank you all so much. <laughs>